Thank you for coming to the podcast. This is Top Turtle MMA Podcast on FlowCombat.com. And me and Shockwave Dave have got another great one lined up for you guys this week. Uh, This week, we're talking about this card this weekend. I'm not sure whether to call it UFC Sunshine or UFC Fort Lauderdale. It's a UFC in Florida, and you guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, We've got two interviews for you guys, one with Gilbert Burns and one with Thomas Gifford, both of which are fighting this weekend. Plus, we'll be counting down our three favorite fights from the card. All that, and we'll be going around the league with the fastest fight news on the planet, The news in MMA is absolutely crazy this weekend, and we'll be talking about all of that. Plus, we'll do our combat countdown this week. We're counting down the top five UFC celebrity fans. So, for all that great content, you're going to have to wait just a moment so that I can remind you guys that this episode is brought to you by ADK Fightwear. Go to ADKFightwear.com and use promo code TURTLE, T-U-R-T-L-E, all lowercase, and you can get 20% off some of the highest quality jiu-jitsu gear you can find anywhere on the web in that 20% goes so far because let me tell you something, their gear is not only high quality, but it's cheap to start. That's right. I have their arm bars and stripes rash guard. It's a short sleeve rash guard with the an American flag using the uh, jujitsu belts as, as stripes. And this thing only cost me 20 bucks when I used our promo code, which is wild. $20 for a, for a rash guard that's this high quality is just unheard of in the jiu-jitsu world. So check out that. Check out their geese. Check out their sweatshirts. Check out their spats. They've got a whole line of jiu-jitsu gear that you're going to love. ADKFightwear.com. ADK Fightwear brings you this episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast, and it starts right now. Daniel Gumby breathing with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com, and today I have the pleasure of speaking to Gilbert Burns, who fights Mike Davis at UFC on ESPN Plus in Sunrise, Florida. So, Gilbert, you're actually your your last bout is actually a grappling match where you faced off with Gleason Tebow at Titan FC 53. H- how did that bout come about, and uh, did, did Titan seek you out? Did you seek Titan out? H- how did it come about? So I know I know Lex, the president from the Titan FC, and I was at his last edition in Kazakhstan where my brother Herbert Burns fought, and then he was talking about it. I might do grappling. He said, "You know, I'm up to." He said, "Oh, really?" I said, "Yeah." Say I might do a comic grab. I said, I'm even better. And we were talking about it. I said, who might be an opponent? Then we, we get a couple of couple names. And that being a Glacier T-Ball, we talk about rules. You want to do like slap on the stand. We, get a, we had a great conversation. Get him a nice deal. And then we ended up making a fight. So and, uh, that was a good experience. And I'm finishing him like a couple of minutes of the fight. But it was good. It was a good experience. I like to be to get those challenge, you know, to to improve, to get better, to see my mistakes, always get get into the test, you know. So that was that was very cool then. Yeah, and and you're absolutely right. It is good experience, but it also was only a, about a month before this fight coming up. W- were you had any worries that you might get banged up a bit or it might interrupt your training? Maybe. So the things that I do, like always, I need. With, with my UFC fight, that's like my main priority. I need like at least six weeks. And then when he gave me the date, I was already on six weeks notice. So I, I, I like, okay, six weeks. I couldn't make it, but six weeks was fine. So I was, 
I was ready. I was ready to go. So, so you need about six weeks too. So obviously you're you're not looking past this this fight coming up. But do you have other grappling matches that we should be looking out for too out there somewhere? I have couples. I've been talking with the guys from from Polaris. I hope we can make to the to the next Polaris. But I'm looking forward to that one in Houston. They're making another big event in Houston. So for sure, you guys are gonna see me a lot this year. Present a bit bigger. And I can be a lot of MMA fights between that and I like to do my grappling fights. I want to be busy. All right. And obviously, we've talked quite a bit about your grappling now, but I want to get on to your, your MMA. Your hands have sort of looked really, really good the last couple of fights. And, and I know you're a grapple first guy, but how much of that change to having, you know, powerful hands and increased striking is due to an intentional focus on the striking game? And how much is it just because, you know, the experience? Uh, I think I've been trying to have a whole like over. It's almost six years that I'm trying to hear, you know, and uh, I've been putting a lot of work, a lot of work, and it, it's showing itself, you know, it's just, every fight I'm getting better, I'm pushing to get better, I'm, you know, challenging myself to get better, and the, the, the work that I'm putting in just showing, and uh, I think overall that just helps on my game, you know, people people be like, I, I just make me more unpredictable fighter, you know, I can take it down, I can finish, I can take it down, I can beat you up, I have, you know, I have a gas tank, we can fight three rounds, we can, I can be explosive, hit you hard, so that that's one of the things that I always was looking for, and now I'm getting there, and I'm getting better improving, so I think that that's, that was the thing that I always were looking for, to be danger everywhere. So we we certainly don't want you to give up that element of surprise either. But here you are fighting Mike Davis, who's who's kind of a pressure heavy boxer. Do you expect to have to stand with him long, or do you see this turning into a grappling match? I'm I'm kind of ready for you know I was I was getting ready for for Eddie Wisely guy very serious. Now they changed the guy, but even with my training, I was training every single guy. We have so many guys here, so many great guys here, hard knocks. That I have a couple guys that have his like the similar style that that Matt Davis have. I know he has power. And he's very aggressive. I don't know, but I might pressure that guy. If we saw takedowns there, I'm gonna take him down. If I saw them, even he's a boxer, but if I saw my hands connect him, I'm gonna look for a knockout. I'm looking for a dominate domination, like a dominate win. Maybe with a finish, maybe take him down, beat him up, submit, but maybe. I know if my right hand connects, he can lift too. So I'm looking, I'm looking for a domination. That 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 that's the only thing on my mind. I don't care if I'm gonna take him down. If if you know if the the takedown presents himself, for sure I'm gonna take him down. But I know if I if I hit that chin, he's gonna he's gonna my night. So I'm looking for the finish for a domination. I don't care how how it goes. You know, I'm just gonna go with the flow. Yeah, we're certainly looking forward to that. Now, I want to ask you one more question about this fight because you're fighting a relative newcomer, Mike Davis, because Eric Wisely uh, backed out of the fight uh, due to some unforeseen circumstances. But both of them are kind of newcomers to the division. Wisely, you know, returning to the UFC after a bunch of years. Mike Davis getting his first ever UFC fight. But you did just beat a, a veteran in Olivier Aubon Mercier. Does this feel like sort of a step back in the division or do you just see it as had to stay busy? I see it both ways. I see that I, I got to work, you know, unless he's giving me so many great names, great options. 
but everyone turned that fight down, like every single one. I we talking about Charles Oliveira, Gregor Gillespie. We talk about uh, Alexander Hernandez, Draka Close, Daniel Darius. Every guy had a little something. You know, a couple guys were banged up. One guy was getting wet. Another guy had issues. Another guy doesn't want to fight. So. We, I want to fight here in Florida. You know, I'm, I'm living here now. I have all my friends here, my family, my team. I want to fight here. No one wants to come here face me. So I'm like, bro, I don't care. I just, I just, I gotta keep improving. I gotta keep getting better. So I'm gonna fight. So whoever shows up, I don't care. I gotta be everyone. I know. I know I'm not gonna get that easy path. You know, I'll be Olivier. Now I'm just fighting that guy. No, I don't. I don't see the numbers. I don't see the numbers. You know, I want to be like. Get that win streak, you know, improve on each fight. Eventually, they, they, they have no place to run, you know. Like, one of my close friends here, Kamaru Usman, he just did that, you know. Like, I saw the guy changing. I saw the guy getting better improving. He's just like, I want the big names, but the big names don't want me right now. So, I'm going to be every single one until they give him the big names. So, that's exactly the same thing I'm doing right now. I'm going to be every single one in that division until they have no one to give to me. You know, they gotta give me the guy with the name. So I'm on that I'm on that on the path right now. Every single one of them put on face of Well, I, I love that mentality. Now I gotta ask you too, you you mentioned a bunch of names there, Charles Oliveira, Alexander Hernandez, Gregor Gillespie. All of those guys turned you down for one reason or another. Is there one in particular who you would like after this fight, after the Mike Davis fight? I would like to face Alexander Hernandez if they could pick, but I know they don't want that fight, so anyone, I don't care, I'm gonna beat this guy. When I'm be taking my like a week, ten days off, that my coach, my physical therapist, they begging me to take like seven to ten days off. Otherwise, I would not take it. So I'll just take those days off. I'm gonna be back in the gym, and that's it. That's the plan. Keep keeping busy, keep fighting, keep beating every single one. That's that's what I'm doing right now. Well, and we'll be tuning in to each and every one of those fights. Once again, fans, this was Gilbert Burns, who fights Mike Davis at UFC on ESPN Plus in Sunrise, Florida. Gilbert, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Love you guys from Full Combat, all the support, and see you guys after my fight. This is Daniel Gumby Vreeland with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Thomas Gifford, who fights Roosevelt Roberts at UFC on ESPN Plus in Sunrise, Florida, this weekend. Thomas, I always like asking newcomers, where were you when you got the news that you'd be signed to the UFC, and sort of what was your reaction to it? I was uh, leaving work, and I was in the work truck and answering the phone, and I was I was ecstatic, really. I, I could have went right back to work and acted like I didn't work eight hours. <laughs> And where was it that you worked eight hours when you when you got that call? Uh, I am a I was a contract log cutter, which most people call a lumberjack. So I noticed you used the word "was" in there. Uh, is that not the reality anymore? Are you now just a full time fighter? Yes, sir. I quit my job three Fridays ago. Awesome. And so that was only. Did you go back to work a couple of times for them uh, after getting the news you'd be in the UFC? 
Uh, no, sir. <laughs> no, sir. I love it. All right, so let's let's talk about the fights then. I'm, I'm glad that you're now a full-time fighter because that gives us the opportunity to talk to you about this. Uh, so Arkansas, uh, not a ton of MMA fighters come out of there and, and come to the UFC. I know you and Bryce Mitchell both are making uh, you know your debuts in the last year, so Arkansas seems to be on the up and up. The fans seem to really connect with the, you know, the everyday guy mentality of Bryce Mitchell. Now, you're you're a lumberjack or a log cutter, a contract log cutter. Are the fans going to have that same kind of connection with you? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, around Arkansas, that's one of the biggest, biggest things in, there, you know. If they're not driving a log truck, they're in the woods cutting down the logs. Ah, so you got that the everyman mentality. Now I I gotta ask too. So you got the everyman mentality. You're from Arkansas, but you've been doing a lot of training out with Factory X. I've noticed with Mark Montoya. What sort of prompted that change? Uh, it, actually, it was the Bryce Mitchell fight in Nashville. I uh, once I got the UFC call, my manager Jason House asked me. He was like, "How would you like to go to UFC Nashville as a UFC fighter?" And I was like, "I would do anything to do that." And he was like, "Well, we'll get the contract to you and." you go there and i'll get your tickets to you and i just i went there and when uh uh chris gertiez was fighting and he's with uh team iridium which is my team my management team and he was working fixing mark montoya was fixing to work with chris gertiez on his warm-up uh well they, we call it a shakeout uh shakeout that saturday morning and I was watching him do mitts and sitting there, and then he was like, hey, you want to get in here and work a little bit? And I was like, yeah, heck yeah. So I put on my gloves, and me and Mark Montoya worked an hour doing mitts and uh, tweaking and fixing a little bit of my, my, stand, my stand-up game. And I just – I really, like, had a connection with Mark. He – it's not like most trainers. Most trainers go in there and they're saying, oh, you're doing this wrong and doing that, and you need to do this, and this is better – he he didn't do that. He made me feel what I was doing wrong. He made me see what I was doing wrong, and he showed me how to fix it and made me realize that, dang, I was doing this all wrong for the last 10 years. And and it's been a relatively short time, too. You, you, know, you mentioned you just met him at UFC Nashville. How far do you think your stand-up game has come since then? Oh, it's come a, it's come a tremendous long way. Uh as if anybody's seen my fight, they really know that I'm not much of a defensive person and I don't do a bunch of movement. And he's got my footwork down, my movement down, my blocks down. I don't just I don't just get hit no more. I, I move, I uh I use my footwork to get out the way, I hit people and I get out the way of the punches. I don't just stand there in the middle and take everything they got. Well, and that certainly is a change because we know you're a, you're an all-action fighter. Now, I wanted to talk about your opponent a little bit, too. You're going to be fighting Roosevelt Roberts, who in his UFC debut pulled off a pretty crazy submission where he, he hit a guillotine choke and he got his opponent, Daryl Horcher's feet off the mat and pretty much parallel to the mat. Have you seen the submission? What did you think of it? Yeah, I've seen the submission, and I think that uh, Daryl Horcher just, he didn't defend it right. He, he I had a, it's, uh, really a panic attack when people get choked and they know they can't breathe and I mean they're so into the fight that they're like oh crap what I do and they lose focus but when I get choked I'm like oh okay and then next thing you know I react and I mean all he had to do is put his hand through his legs and pick him up and dump him and that completely gets the, gets you out of a guillotine let alone he put his head down you don't ever look at the mat when you're fighting somebody with good guillotine submissions 
You don't take people down with your head looking at the mat. You put your face right into their stomach and, like, headbutt them kind of. Well, and I certainly love what you're talking about technique here, and it, it's getting me excited for the fight. But I want to, before we go, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about yourself, too, because obviously the fans, probably unless they're, you know, following you on the local circuit, don't know too much about you. You got the nickname the Young Lion. Uh, am, am I safe to assume that that comes from the, the mane of hair you're rocking all the time, or does that come from somewhere else? No, it's uh, actually a biblical aspect. There's uh, 12 tribes of Israel, and the 12 tribes of Israel, is, their symbol is, the young, is a lion, a young lion, because he's courageous and fearless, and he's working his way to the top. A young lion will do anything to be the alpha male. And as he's growing up, he goes out and he hunts, he kills, and, I mean, he does everything in his power to become the top dog, and he doesn't let anybody take that away from him. Well, then I certainly like it for a nickname for you, uh, especially as you rise to the top. Now, before we let you go, I do want to ask if you've got a prediction for how this fight with Roberts goes down when you get into the cage this weekend. I uh, see. In the first round, I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to fill him out, and I'm going to see what he can do. And in the second round, I'm going to come out, and I'm going to execute his, uh, his mistakes. And most likely he's going to shoot on me because, I mean, in most of his fights, when he gets people against the cage, he'll drop down and put them on the ground, and then he'll put them in a submission or stuff like that. But when I hit people and I take all their hits and I keep coming, people get desperate and they shoot and they take me down because they don't want to get hit by me no more. And they realize, hey, I can't knock this kid out. What am I doing? I need to get him on the ground and quit getting hit. But most likely it's going to be a second-round submission. All right, you heard it here first, folks. Thomas, the young Lion Gifford, fights Roosevelt Roberts this weekend at UFC on ESPN Plus in Sunrise, Florida. Thomas, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And those interviews with Gilbert Burns and Thomas Gifford are brought to you by Maroon Social. M-A-R-U-N-E. Maroon Social is the one and only tracking app for the BJJ enthusiast. That's right. If you love jujitsu as much as me and Shockwave Dave, you've got to get this app. Let me tell you how it works. You go to the Apple store or you go to, to Google Play or wherever it is you get your app. You download it. You got it on your phone. Now that you got it on your phone, set up your profile. You get your name in there, your belt. If you're like me, it says four stripe purple belt, moving it on that brown belt. Then you can put your home gym and all kinds of other things as well. And then after that, you start tracking every single time you work out. It's real simple. I click a quick button. I say how long I worked out. Click a couple of buttons about what I did. Maybe write myself a note if I want to remember something. And then I'm done. And it will keep track of how I'm doing week to week, month to month, and encourage me to make sure that I'm getting to the gym as much as I want to. Plus, you can share all of that information with friends. You can put weigh-ins in there. You can put competitions in there. It is the, the features are seemingly endless on this thing, and if you love jujitsu as much as we do, like I said before, you need to get this app. Maroon Social, M-A-R-U-N-E. Now, I am Daniel Gumby Freeland, joined as always by my co-host, Shockwave Dave Tremonti. Dave, let's talk about Gilbert Burns. Is it surprising not only how many people turned him down, but who turned him down? It is very surprising. I feel like you never know in these situations. Sometimes it might just be a manager hyping their fighter up. They're all scared of you, champ. They're all scared of you, champ. That was my first thought. But you know what? Gilbert Burns is no walk in the park. He's a beast on the ground. So maybe this is true and guys are avoiding him. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I don't generally think of anybody being a bad matchup for Gregor Gillespie because Gregor Gillespie's a fucking killer. But 
You have to think somebody like Gilbert Burns probably is. Like, right, he's like a jiu-jitsu killer. You know, you just saw what he did to Gleason Tebow in that grappling match at, at Titan FC. And on top of that, too, he's shown he's had punching power. He's got knockouts in two of his last three wins. So, uh, yeah, I'd say that uh, maybe people are avoiding him. Who knows? But I'm excited to see him fight this weekend. I am, yeah. I mean, it's been uh, it's been a very interesting road for him. You know, knocked out by Dan Hooker last summer, but then comes back and beats uh, Olivier Aubin Mercier. That's that's a huge win for him. And now you couple that with another win, and maybe he goes on a three fight win streak, uh, or you know, this win gets him in maybe potentially the top fifteen, and then he wins another one. Gilbert Burns could be top ten before you blink an eye. Yeah, and they're definitely going to have to start matching him up with top 10 top 15 talent if he wins this weekend against mike davis which i totally expect him to all right we'll go around the league as we always do it's our favorite segment on the show well tied for our favorite segment on the show it's the fastest fight news we deliver you all the news you need to know in under 15 minutes or less or the podcast is free and gumby i want to start with a funny one uh dan Ege, uh how do you say his last name again Ige, Ige. i always forget that dan Ige. i always want to say Ige. He gave a blood sample. Uh, someone showed up at his house. He thought it was USADA. It was not USADA. He gave a rando blood sample to he doesn't know who. Yeah, this this is one of the craziest stories out there. And if you haven't seen his interview with, uh, is it James Lynch who does it? I'm pretty sure James Lynch. It's always James Lynch. Uh, if you haven't seen his interview with Lynch, you definitely should. It, that shit is crazy. It's also funny to me how much hate he's gotten on the internet saying he's, like, making up this story. What fucking could he have to gain by making up this story? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what he would have to gain for that. Um, so, something to keep an eye on if you are a UFC fighter. Uh, just, you know, ask for that USADA badge. Make sure you know who you're giving your blood to. Uh, and that really goes for anyone, not just fighters. Uh, Darren Till trashed a hotel room and then stole a taxi cab uh, in Spain. Kind of went all GTA on us here. What do you make of that? Uh, I'm not surprised, uh, for everybody who was shocked and in awe at, at this situation, did we forget that Darren Till lived in Brazil for a while because he got in a bar fight in England where he got stabbed? Like, this, this, he, he is the type of person to do stuff like this. Like, I'm, I'm slightly less surprised than I am when Conor McGregor does stuff like this. Yeah, I think, uh, I think... You know, it's funny, and then there also might be a depressing aspect here, too. He's coming off a pretty vicious three-piece combo in a soda to Jorge Masvidal, and I do wonder sometimes if it could be like, you know, a brain damage or a CTE thing. But no, he is a wild child to begin with. I don't, you know, I think he'd probably be doing the same thing if he was an accountant. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that, like, you're right, he did have that loss to Masvidal, but you're not just talking about that loss to Masvidal. This is a guy who went unbeaten with one draw in his whole career up until he fought for the title, and now he's seen two defeats pretty quickly. Uh, so as a result, like, yeah, you're you're 100% right. Even if it's not CTE, it definitely could be, like, a little bit of that, like, glass shattering about his life that, that is bothering mm. him. That's something to keep an eye on. I agree. And again, I always get very into, you know, the UFC, you kind of get, I would say like, it's a two ride pass at Disney World. So like, you come in, you get a couple of wins, as we see so many people do, and then you have a loss. 
and you get shuffled back down, and then you got to go on that win streak again. Like, we're in an age right now where it took Max Holloway fucking 10 wins to get a title shot. It's taken Tony Ferguson 50 wins, and he's never <laughs> even gotten a real title shot. So you look at these guys. I mean, like, yes, Till is going against the best of the best. We're not going against, you know, ranked 15 to 10 here. He went against two of the absolute best at 170, and he lost. But, you know, maybe he goes on another, like, three-fight win streak against some lesser competition, but then he goes back up to someone in the top five, you know, gets out-wrestled by Askren or something, and the next thing you know, he never has a title shot again. And his UFC career is more or less over, not to be dramatic. Yeah, and you're 100% right. Those are the type of guys we're now seeing go to Bellator, go to Rising, go to 1FC, right? Like, that that is the mode that we saw with Benson Henderson. Benson Henderson got to the top, but after getting knocked down, he tried to build himself back up to the top, got knocked down again, and then we didn't see him anymore. I mean, you could make that argument that Rory McDonald had somewhat of that formula, and now we're seeing him this weekend fight John Fitch for the Bellator title, which is, you know, like not where we expected to see him. But you're 100% right. That that second knockdown can be so painful. Uh, speaking of people who left the UFC, the Gooch, Kyoji Horiguchi, uh, not, TKO'd Ben Nguyen this past weekend at Ryzen 15. This was, since leaving the UFC, his ninth win in a row it was a couch rate bout at 132 pounds but i mean geez did the ufc let someone go here in horiguchi that could have been a star yeah i think so and not only could he have been a star too i think we should be talking about the fact that they let him go because they got rid of the you know are seemingly getting rid of the 125 division he's fighting most of these fights at 35 like, mm-hmm. I, I have got him beating a lot of guys in the top 15 at 135. A lot of guys at the top. You know, like, would I take him over Marlon Marias? Probably not. But would I take him over, let's say, Thomas Almeida? Fuck yeah, I would. I'd take him to slaughter Thomas Almeida right now. Would I take him over Peter Jan? I would debate taking him over Peter Jan. And he's a top 10 opponent. So, like... I think the UFC missed out, and they're always looking for guys to, like, wave the Asian continent's flag, right? Because, like, Asia has needed a champ for so long, and Kyoji Horiguchi could have been that guy. Yeah, I agree completely, Um, and I'd love to see him come back into the fold at 135. And, hey, let's face it, the UFC just lost the star, at least for two years, Uh due to a little EPO in TJ Dillashaw. Speaking of popping for steroids, uh, Nico Montano test positive for steroids. Uh, it's a retroactive suspension, so I guess she'll be back in six months, if I'm understanding this correctly. Yeah, well, it was it six months back... from it was six months from when she tested, which was in October, which means technically she's back now. So we we're not hearing about this until she's cleared, pretty much, which I think is the new USADA protocol. There was uh, three other people listed on there too. I know one was Sugar Sean O'Malley who had previously announced to people he would. One was Walt Harris who's actually fighting uh, next weekend. So a good thing he's cleared. Um, and all of that. So I, I guess that's the way USADA is handling it now, which is weird. All of them are technically for a tainted supplement, which is why they got six months instead of two years, like TJ uh, EPO Dillashaw. Um, but it it's sort of alarming and it, it's sort of sad to see how Nico Montano's career has gone, isn't it? She's the inaugural women's flyweight champion. 
Yeah, and and that is just a weird fucking statement. Because when you go back in time to fucking everybody is going to talk about how Antonio Shevchenko was. I mean, Nico Montano is right on line with uh, uh, Jermaine Durandamy as the first ever UFC featherweight champion, which is just a fucking funny-ass trivia right there. Wait, but what were you saying about uh, Shevchenko's sister? Oh, no, I was just saying about Shevchenko in in general is that, like, everybody's going to look back at her as being the, like, first champion. Same way people oh, look right. at, at Featherweight being Cyborg was the first champion, and then these two will, will sort of fall into the footnotes as, like, fun trivia pieces that you have totally forgotten about. Well, it's also funny because I just I heard the name Shevchenko, and I was thinking of the fact that Roxanne, who fought Nico Montano for the title and unfortunately lost, she just made Antonio Shevchenko, the Shevchenko's sister, and is kind of back up there, flyweight division. Number five yeah, number five. So, like, Roxanne could get back in there, which is cool to see just from, like, an old-school MMA fan perspective. Um, you know, just you, you see this you see this stuff where, like, Nico Montano can pop, and everything gets shuffled around, and you never know who could get, you know, vaulted to the top. Yeah, and if you, you uh, were putting around uh, Twitter during UFC Russia, the support for Roxanne Matafari was crazy. I couldn't believe how many people were pulling for her because she's, like, such a fucking great person. Uh, so I just love that. So uh, good for good for Roxanne for being in the top five again. She's actually tied with Joanne Calderwood, who's her number one training partner now, which is, is also pretty fun. Uh, this weekend, Bellator 220, Rory McDonald fighting John Fitch, two UFC veterans, two big names. You know I'm a big Rory guy. Uh, you have him by slaughter here, or do you think John Fitch has a chance? I don't give him a single chance. I'm totally on uh, the Rory kick here. I think Rory McDonald is is clearly going to win this one. It, it's sort of fun to see all the shit-talking between Firaz Zahabi and uh, John Fitch through all this. But the fight I'm really excited for is after Rory McDonald wins this fight, they've already announced the next title fight, whoever wins this, is fighting Neiman Gracie in New York City. You're getting a Gracie in a Gracie backyard, and that to me is just fucking super exciting. All right, let's move on. It's our favorite segment on the show. Well, aside for our favorite segment on the show, it's the Combat Countdown. And this week we're counting down the top five UFC celebrities who are always in the crowd and supportive of the brand. Gumby, I do wonder, before we get to our top five list, does any fine company sponsor this Combat Countdown? Well, of course, as always, the Combat Countdown is sponsored by Sisu Mouthguards. Head to SISU Guard. Dot com for the only mouth guard where you can talk, breathe, and drink all with the mouth guard up in your mouth. This thing is a feat of science. It has tiny perforations in it so that when you put the mouth guard in your mouth, you can feel the airflow to it at all times, but it's not coming out. And that way you don't have to constantly be taking your mouth guard out when you're on the jiu-jitsu mat, getting all kinds of crazy germs on it, getting the nastiness all in your mouth. Instead, you can leave it in there while still having to talk with your training partners. I highly suggest checking them out. Make sure to use promo code TOPTURTLE15 and get 15% off all the mouth guards you can get your hands on. SISUGuard.com, CSU Mouthguards. I have my CSU Mouthguard in right now, just in case I take any shots during this combat countdown. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Are you queuing me up or am I queuing you up? Ah, let's do uh, let's do me queuing you up. So uh, we'll switch it up a little bit this time. So I'll be queuing up Shockwave Dave. So number five on our list of the best, most supportive UFC fan celebrities, 
Number five, Demi Lovato. All right. So we, of course, put this out to our Twitter followers, at Top Turtle MMA. Follow the show if you're not already. Got a ton of tremendous feedback. Uh, and, you know, the top three, I think, were more or less, like, pretty universal. And then there was a lot of disparity when you get to four or five and other names that we'll mention in honorable mentions. But we wanted to put Demi Lovato in here because, as I'm on her Wikipedia page, she is a massive singing star. I, myself, do not own any of her tracks on <laughs> iTunes. But from what I understand, she is a massive singing star, singer, pop, pop rock, and R&B listed under genres on her Wikipedia. But she's always in the crowd. She's obviously beautiful. What I really respect about her is she trains. She trains MMA Gumby, or at least Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and you really know she loves it because, well, she's dated two fighters. She broke up with Luke Rockhold and now is rumored to be bait, rumored to be dating Brian Ortega. So, listen, she made a really nice jump from man to man there. I'm way bigger a Brian Ortega fan than I am a Luke Rockhold fan. I'm just talking about fighting people. But that all being said, uh, you clearly see that Demi Lovato loves the UFC. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, the, I'm pretty sure she's a at least a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, which you got to respect the hell out of. Uh, but that brings us to our number four on the list, which is The Rock. If you smell la-la-la-la-la <laughs> with The Rock. You know, I, I want to say The Rock put out an interview years ago where he said if the first couple of movies he did after he branched out from WWE didn't go well, he had done some training you know, which could have just been some guy came over and he did like cardio kickboxing. But uh, he, he said that he considered going into the UFC circa mid early 2000s. That's something interesting to think about. He was a freak athlete, obviously. Could he strike? Could he take a punch? No one will ever know that. But he's the biggest action movie star on the planet. He's branched out into other things. He has a super successful production company. I mean, what more do I need to say here? He's the fucking rock. And he loves the UFC. He tweets to the fighters. He's very supportive of it. I, it would just be criminal to not have him on the list being as big a movie star. He's the biggest movie star on the planet right now, at least when you go by dollars. So, yeah, The Rock's on the list, people. Yeah, and I like what you said, too, about him being like a crazy athlete. People forget that, too, that this dude is a freaking... He was a D1 football player. He's just an absolute... It was him and Warren, him him and Warren, Warren Sapp, Sapp. At, at the U, which is just a crazy yeah. pair, too. Um, all right, but that means we got to get to our number three. Number three on the list, Chris Pratt. Well, speaking of big movie stars, and you could debate who's a bigger movie star at this point. Chris Pratt's getting paid in that $20, $30 million a movie, uh, just like The Rock is. But he's a huge UFC fan, and I think what makes him maybe a, a shade above the rock is he actually played a character that we all know and love, I would hope, on Parks and Rec, Andy Dwyer, that was a huge UFC fan. So he even played a character that was a UFC fan, as we say in pro wrestling. It's not just a work, it's a shoot. This guy's a real big UFC fan in real life. He played a funny character that dressed up as Chuck Liddell all the time for like Halloween parties. So Chris Pratt, again, huge movie star, uh, big UFC fan, uh, he makes the list, and I have no no fucks given about it if you're not a Chris Pratt fan. He's number three. Yeah, I love him as, in those episodes, too, as the, the freaking Iceman costume. Uh, it's really good shit. And on top of that, too, he's also tweeting at the fighters, too, all the time, which I, I appreciate. 
Um, but that brings us to number two, and a recent interaction probably got him to number two, and that is Mr. Shaquille O'Neal. All right, so I think we all know Shaquille O'Neal, famous basketball player. Uh, how many championships? Five, three with the Lakers, two with the Heat, if I'm not mistaken? Ooh, I'm going to have to check you on that. We'll get the intern on it. Um, but yeah, get the intern on it. Uh, anyway... Huge UFC fan dating back a ways. This is a guy who in his spare time became like a local sheriff. Uh, he takes, you know, his interests he pursues for as rich as he is. And, you know, he doesn't have any reason to do that. But he's a great guy, Shaq. And it was really solidified for me this past weekend. Some video was unearthed of him comforting Max Holloway's son, who was upset at the war and beating that Max Holloway was just in uh, from Dustin Poirier. Shaq's an all-around great guy, obviously. Uh, hard to miss as a UFC fan. Always funny to see him cage side. And, you know, he's done some training. It's something that's of interest to him. So, again, if you're a celebrity and you not just like it, but you're also trying to train a little bit, I super respect that. I super respect Shaq. He's number two. Yeah, and, and uh, just to, I put the intern on it, he won – Four NBA championships, three with the Lakers, Lakers one with the Heat. One with the heat. Oh, only okay. one with the Heat. And, and yeah, uh, I, I know he's trained some Muay Thai in the past, too, so extra props to him on that. And then finally. That's scary. So we, Yeah, that's freaking scary. You imagine those knees coming at you? That is a big <laughs> fucking man. All right, so we've counted them down. We hit number five was Demi Lovato. Number four was The Rock. Number three, Chris Pratt. Number two, Shaquille O'Neal. And that brings us to number one. Lead singer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Anthony Kiedis. Yeah, so I think this is pretty much a no-brainer. Everyone responded on Twitter uh, shouting out Anthony Kiedis. I think he's a part owner, uh, you know, like talking like half a percentage point in the UFC. They basically divvied up a few shares, and it went to a bunch of celebrities, Mark Wahlberg, Anthony Kiedis being one of them. But one of the things that's so cool about that is Kiedis is always cage side. He is a massive UFC fan. This comes across whenever he talks about it. He's knowledgeable about it. Um, I mean, I I could actually listen to Anthony Kiedis talk about MMA, and I don't cringe like I do with some celebrities. He actually knows about the ins and outs of the game. He truly has a love for it. And, you know, he happens to be the lead singer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, one of my favorite bands. So I think he rounds out the list nicely. He is uh, by far, I think, the most passionate about the UFC on the list. So we had an, a singer in Demi Lovato. We had a professional wrestler slash actor in The Rock, Chris Pratt, another actor, Shaq from basketball, another professional athlete, and then Anthony Kiedis, a singer. So I think it's a nice, well-rounded list, don't you? I absolutely think it's a nice, rounded list. And I like that you're, uh, you're a big Anthony Kiedis fan because I, too, am a big Anthony Kiedis fan. Boom. Uh, so I do want to mention our honorable mentions because we got so much feedback on our Twitter. Uh, I'll cue you up on this one. Iron Man, uh, Robert Downey Jr. was brought up a ton of times. Gumby, tell everyone why Robert Downey Jr. should be in consideration for top UFC celebrity fan. All right, so I'm going to give you two honorable mentions. So I'll start with Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. If you have not gone online and you've seen uh, Carlos Condit fight Dan Hardy in England. First of all, go watch that fight. It's fucking phenomenal. Both throw right hooks at the same exact time. Both land. Condit just lands more flush and drops freaking Dan Hardy and finishes him. It's an amazing fight. 
On top of that, it's happening in England. If you watch the fight, you can watch both throw the, the punches and all of the English fans, like, grab their face in, like, sadness as Dan Hardy begins to fall. And if you freeze frame it, there is an orange guy in an orange shirt with both of his arms in the air celebrating as the American mm-hmm. pounces on the Brit to finish him. And it's Robert Downey Jr. And it's like all time one of my favorite MMA pictures of all time. So Robert Downey Jr. I wanted to put on the list for that reason. But uh, Shockwave Dave over here tried to tell me that he's not at enough fights, which is it's technically true. But that iconic moment wanted to get him on there. I also want to give a special... Um, post-mortem uh mentioned to michael clark duncan who is a big ufc huge fan r.i.p michael clark duncan he also i believe was a purple belt in jiu-jitsu um as well and a a big dude he would have definitely done some damage on the mats (laughs) r.i.p michael clark duncan and we'll put him on the list as well uh those are my two honorable mentions yeah, and then I'll just throw out, you know, people tweeted about Chuck Zito, uh, Michael Clark Duncan got a ton of love. Also, not mentioned, but I'll throw it out there, Cindy Crawford, actually a massive UFC fan, and funny tie-in, uh, the GSP writes about her in his book uh, when he was facing BJ Penn the second time and just beating the snot out of him. He actually looked up and saw Cindy Crawford in the crowd and was like, oh, my God, Cindy Crawford's looking at me. And he had kind of like a nerdy GSP moment. Very funny, but she is a legit fan. Um, And then also uh, the Just Bleed guy someone actually put out there. And really, uh, you know, I was so tempted to put him on. Mike Tyson, massive UFC fan. Just coming from boxing, though, you know, Yes, professional athlete like Shaq, but boxing, it's like MMA's cousin. Mm. I don't know. It just seemed like we wanted to get, like, you know, celebrities, like, you know, soy boy actors, not Mike Tyson. It it makes sense, right? Exactly. And the other one we'll put out there, too, because it got mentioned two or three times right before we went to airing, too, was uh, David Spade. Joe Dirt is a huge UFC. True. (laughs) That's so true. All right. Well, let us know if you love that list. Let us know if you hated that list at Top Turtle MMA. We're accepting both love and hate feedback. Of course, uh, the UFC is in the Sunshine State this weekend. Gumby, I wonder if we have a UFC preview, and I wonder if any company brings the fans our UFC preview. Well, of course, as UFC in Sunrise, Florida Breakdown is brought to you by Sheath Underwear. Go to sheathunderwear.com and use promo code FLOW to get 20% off underwear that is changing the underwear game. That's right. If you work out or you do any kind of physical activity, you're going to want a pair of sheath underwear because these things, they're not like boxers. Your stuff's not going to flop all over the place. And they're not like briefs. They're not going to crush your guys while you're working out. Instead, they've got an innovative double front pocket that keeps your cash and prizes both separate and comfortable while promoting airflow and keeping them supported. That way they don't feel like they're moving all over the place. And they don't get all crazy sweaty and crushed underneath your underwear. So check them out, sheathunderwear.com. So for my three picks for this fight card, I'm going to start by taking in the main event, Jacare Souza at negative 200 over Jack Hermanson at plus 170. Look, I love Jack Hermanson coming into this fight. A short, seemingly short notice, uh, especially after his performance against Branch. 
But Jagere is just an absolute different level grappler than David Branch is. Plus, he's got knockout power in his hands, which, while Jacker Manson's got that a little bit, I mean, think about it. Jacare knocked out Chris Weidman, and I just think for that reason, Jacare's got too many tools to beat uh, Hermanson, and I don't think this is a step up that makes a lot of sense for Hermanson. Uh, for my second fight, I'm going to take Mike Perry over uh, Alex Oliveira, Cowboy Oliveira. Uh, Mike Perry's betting off at plus 160, so a nice little underdog value here in, in Cowboy Oliveira at negative 185. They both got crazy good punching power, but only one of them has ever been knocked out, and that's Alex Oliveira. He's definitely the more technical boxer, but Mike Perry's just crazy enough to tangle in there with him and land the big knockout blow. Uh, I'm also going to take Ian Kutalaba, who is a surprising negative 150 favorite over Glover Teixeira at plus 130. He's younger, he's stronger, his wrestling is better. I think just the sun is kind of set on Glover Teixeira's time near the top, and this is Ian Kutalaba's time to get up those rankings. So, once again, I'm taking Jagare Souza over Jack Hermanson, Mike Perry over Alex Oliveira, and Ian Kutalaba over Glover Teixeira. And that's going to do it for another episode of Top Turtle MMA. We want to thank you, the fans, for tuning in each and every week. We also want to thank our sponsors, ADK Fightwear, Sheath Underwear, Sisu Mouthguards, and Maroon Social. Download the Maroon Social app. Plus, we want to thank Flow Combat for having us on each and every week. We want to remind you to check out our Twitter, at Top Turtle MMA. We got all kinds of fun things going on in there. If you enjoyed our combat countdown from earlier today on the UFC Celebs, you guys crowdsource that. So head on over to our our account and make sure that you are helping us out on the next countdown now once again i was daniel gumby freeland he was shockwave dave tremonte and we will see you next week